I'm wondering today if you've ever been asked, who are you? Who are you? I uh, volunteer at my daughter's school um, sometimes, and every time I go in, they're like the first question out of the little kid's mouth. You know, they're interrupting their teacher, and they're like, who are you? And uh, often what they're asking is for my name, but they're also asking for who am I related to? Because the people who come in to volunteer are usually a parent. And so I respond with, you know, my name is, yeah, I say Mrs. Reasonweber at that point, and I'm the mom of either Alyssa or Rachel. And it got me thinking, who am I? Who am I really? Like, how would I define who I am? I could say I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I could say I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, sometimes I'm a counselor. If, if you're a parent, you're a nurse. Um, I'm a church planter. Um, I, like, I like to garden. Like, there's all things that, that I do. I like to sleep. I'm a sleeper, for sure. <laughs> um, but we all wear many hats. And so when we're asked, who are, who are you? Often we identify ourselves with um, either w- what I look like or what I do. Or, or maybe even how well I do something. So here's some of the things that we can, we can uh, define our identity with. Sometimes we talk about um, our jobs, where I work, what kind, of, what kind of job I work at. Closely related to that, how much money I make. Though we wouldn't say that to someone. We, we identify, you know, are we, are we real successful or not? Um, our appearance has to do with our identity. Our relationships. So who our friends are. Well, I'm, I'm, I run with this crew right here. Those are my friends. Or, or maybe our families. I'm single or I'm married or I'm, I'm a parent um, and sometimes we, we identify with, with ourselves with where we live, the town we live in or the home we live in, the, the location we live in. And, and these are all things that can influence who we think we are, which seems fine until things start going wrong. It seems fine to identify myself as where I work. You know, I'm a teacher, until I lose my job, and then it's like, well, well, then who am I? It seems okay to identify myself with um, how I look, my appearance, but then I wake up sometimes in the morning, and I don't feel very nice. I don't feel very pretty. Then, then, then who am I? Or maybe it's um, we identify... Our, our identity with who, where our house is or our, our home. And then you come home one day from work and your house is a wreck. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, who am I? Maybe I'm a slob. Like, sometimes as a parent, I, I definitely struggle with this. I identify more with just my, my role as a parent. And then my kids start to struggle or they misbehave. And I'm like, what does that say? about me. Who, who am I? And when those things happen, it's easy for us to feel like a failure or wonder. Am I really successful? Am I, am I, am, am I just a failure? And sometimes even if one thing in your life starts to go wrong, 
it's like it, it spreads through your whole thinking. And, and it's this downward spiral of negative thinking where you get frustrated with ourselves and we wonder if we're, we're worth anything. And, um, and sometimes when we're having conversations with friends, this has happened to me, like some, a friend of mine will, will talk about this and I'm, and I'm adamantly against it. I'm like, no, you are not a failure. No, you are, your identity is not based on this one thing that went wrong. And when we see it in a friend's life, it's really easy to spot. But there's a disconnect when it's in our life and we're feeling um, like the failure. Uh, funny story. Well, I think it's funny now. I didn't, I didn't think it was funny back then. Um, a few years ago at our previous church, um, my, my little girls went to Bible class. And I'm, I'm in the auditorium, and I saw my friend walking in holding her crying toddler. And she scans the room, and she spots me, and then she comes straight towards me. And she's got, she's got that look on her face. It's like mama bear look. Like something is wrong, and I'm about to make it right. <laughs> and I was just feeling in the pit of my stomach, oh, what did my girls do? And I won't tell you who it was, but you can probably guess, given their personalities, who it was. Um, but my, my friend comes up to me, and at first she doesn't even say anything. She holds her toddler, and she lifts up her shirt on her back to reveal these perfect little teeth marks top and bottom, just right on her back. And uh, one of my little girl, girls thought it was okay to just lean forward. They were sitting crisscross applesauce, listening to their little Bible class, to just lean forward and bite this little girl in the back. Oh, and, and that mama was so livid. I mean, she, she got it. Like, it, she understood that um, kids do this sometimes. But it was, it was one of those moments when I was like, I am so sorry. And then you just feel like a failure. Like, what am I doing wrong? My child is biting another child? Like, surely I could have prevented this um, somehow. But often we can't. We did talk about biting extensively, and she did not bite another child after that. <laughs> but um, here's the question I want to I ask us today. Could it be that we're placing our identity in the wrong things? When people ask, who are you? Could it be that we're, we're basing it on our looks and, and what we do and how well we do it? And that's really not what makes us who we are. And so the question I want to pose today is, who are we? And, and who do we want to be? Because that's something that we can we can influence and change. There's a beautiful image um, found in Scripture, and and it's this phrase to be rooted in God, to be rooted in God. And I found some other images online, and uh, some interesting root images. You can see on the on the left here, this beautiful tree looked gorgeous on the outside. It was in Rhode Island, and then after a storm, heavy winds and rain, the whole tree just fell onto the house, and it just pulled up the whole lawn with it. And that would be an example of really shallow roots. I mean, the roots are there, but they're not placed in the right location. They're not deep enough. They're not um, strong enough 
to support the weight of that tree. And then on the, on the right here, um, an interesting picture because this tree is, normally you can't see how deep the, the roots are in a tree, but this tree is on a cliff, and so you can see how deep the roots go as it travels down the cliff and into, into the soil. The next picture here is um, a picture from the Reach Museum, and I went on a field trip with Alyssa this last week, and we went to the Reach Museum, and they were talking about habitats, and they were looking mostly at plants, and, and the lady speaking to the kiddos was talking about um, desert plants versus other plants, and she talked about how desert plants have to have deep roots because there's not ample amounts of water on the surface, and she talked about a tap root, which I'd never heard that term before, but basically the tap root is, uh, if you look at the sagebrush, this first one here is a long is the long root that goes all the way down. And though a sagebrush it typically is two to four feet tall, the roots can go f- as far down as 13 or more feet and gather water from, from deep into the soil. And I liked that. I liked that image of being rooted deeply And like these desert plants, we're called to be deeply rooted in God. And he is going to be the source of life for us and also the source of our identity, where we find our identity. So I want to look at two scriptures today. Let's start with Colossians. Colossians 2, 6 through 10. And listen for this image of being rooted in God. So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Last week, Micah spoke on Athens. We were going through the book of Acts, and and, uh, Paul goes to Athens and He sees all these different idols and all these different philosophers, and he sees an idol to the unknown God. And Paul says, hey, I know this unknown God. Um, Let me tell you about him. Um, And so he he was speaking to just the so many different philosophies and so many different religious beliefs. Um, that weren't right in Athens. And here Paul is speaking to a similar, um, to a similar culture. Here he's speaking to a church in Colossae, um, who, who believed in Jesus, came to believe in Jesus, but they were still a part of that type of culture. And so they were still trying, they were trying to mix in the Greek philosophy and they were trying to mix in their pagan religions and their worship of other idols. And, and there were some Jews there that were trying to mix in some of the legalistic rituals, um, of, of Judaism. And, uh, and they were losing what was important. They even questioned the deity of Christ, if he was really God. They were losing it because of all this deceptive 
philosophy that was going on around them. And so I wonder today what our deceptive philosophy is. Things that take us away, that distract us from from Christ. And I think it's worth considering that one of these things is where we place our identity, who we are really. If our identity is, is placed in other things that are iffy, that, that can change, then our, our self-worth and how we view ourselves is also rocky, and that can change. And so in Colossians here, Paul challenges the Christians to be rooted and built up in Jesus. Rooted and built up. So I, I love the image of roots because it's just foundational. So roots really have two, two primary purposes. One, it's to, to structure, to hold the plant in the ground. And, and if you have healthy roots, you have a solid, it's hard to pull that plant up because <laughs> it's solid. And then the second, um, the second role is to, to draw the nutrients in the water into the plant, which is, which is what is life-giving to the plant. The, the healthy roots determine the health of the plant. And, and Paul says, so be rooted and built up in him. And two things will happen. One, you'll be strengthened in your faith, which makes a lot of sense to me. You know, the healthy, the health comes through the roots. So we'll be strengthened in our faith. We'll be strong. And then the next thing is, was kind of first interesting to me. I was like, oh, why is, why is that there? It says, and you'll be overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Um, and if you've ever been in a season in life with, when things were solid, when you felt secure, when you felt um, well-nourished, then that makes sense. You're overflowing with thankfulness. Further down in verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lived in bodily form. So you have the fullness of God living in Christ. And then it says, And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. You have been brought to fullness. He is the head of every power and authority. So it's clear that Part of being rooted, the result is you're going to be brought to fullness. But in this passage, I'm still like, well, what does that exactly mean? What does it mean that we will be full, we will be brought to fullness in Christ? And I want to go to a different passage for that. It's another time where Paul pairs being rooted with fullness. And I think this pertains to our discussion of, of identity, of who we are. So let's go to Ephesians 3. 16 through 19. And this is a prayer that Paul prayed, prays for the Ephesians. And I think it, it completely applies to, to believers today as well. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses, surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure 
of all the fullness of God. It's an incredible prayer. Let's, let's break it down a little bit because there's so much. Paul likes to write these really long sentences that just go on and on. There's so much in here. He says, I pray that he may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit. Now, when I think of power, typically I think of someone who has authority or like a boss or someone who has the capability of changing things and there's people under, under that person. I don't think that's the kind of power he's talking about. But it's, it's a power that we receive through the Holy Spirit. Let's continue, and it'll, it'll explain more. It says, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So part of that power is to having Christ, which is the fullness of the deity, dwelling in our hearts. And then he says, and I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. Now, in Colossians, it said that we would be rooted and built up in him, in Jesus. It's kind of cool to see now we're being rooted and established in love, and Jesus is, is, the, is the embodiment of God, and God is love. So it, it's kind of cool to see those connections. Be rooted and established in love, and may have power. So here's that word again, the power to do what? Power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Power to understand the love of Christ, to, to have knowledge of it, to grasp it. But that, that's not all. It says to grasp it, and then it says to also know this love that surpasses knowledge. So it's not just a head thing, but it's a heart thing too, to have experienced this love. And then it gives a result. If, if, we, if we are strengthened in power through the Holy Spirit, if we can grasp this and know this, here's the result. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In the NR, NRSV it says, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with God, to be filled with God's fullness. And God is love, to be filled with love. I think of fullness, I also think that nothing is lacking. So to be made complete in God. I think this is an invitation for us to find fullness in God, to find completeness in God. And that is by being rooted in him, in his love for ourselves, and in his love for, for others. Because just like a plant that needs that water source, we need that life-giving source. We need, we need God to fill us. And, and he becomes the, the source of our strength and our love and our grace and also our identity. He becomes the source of our identity. He becomes who he, he, we define who we are through him. And so when asked, who are you? What is our identity? We can think, well, I am rooted in God. I am rooted in love. I am a loved child of God. And that becomes my identity. 
And, and so we have this invitation, and it's, it's twofold in my mind, probably a lot more than that, but in my mind, you know, twofold right now. The invitation is, is both to live into this love that completes us. So making decisions to remain in that love, making decisions to, to be a part of what God has for us, to live into that. And then also, um, we're invited to live out of that love. So once, once that love permeates us and we are rooted in him, we can live as people who are rooted in God. And, and this begins to develop a new perspective for us on our identity. So if, if my identity isn't on, on how I appear or what I do or how well I do it, but if my identity is in, in who I am in God, in his love, then I can live as a loved child of God and I don't have to question my identity. See, I think, I think, I mean, I know I do, but I think a lot of us probably spend a lot of time and energy questioning, wow, do, am I good enough at this? Or am I going to succeed at this? Or, or, or even just experience anxiety and fear with, am I a failure? Am I going to make it? And, and when our identity is rooted in God, we don't have to do that. And that's a blessing. <laughs> it's such a blessing. So I want to I want to kind of make it a little more practical and I want to compare what does it look like to have these two different kind of two different perspectives. So let's compare. So if my identity is rooted in money, then I'm thinking I'm either a failure because I'm not making enough money or I'm a success because I'm making too much. Or I'm a success because I'm making enough money, whatever enough is in your in your mind, you know. Yeah, probably not too much. <laughs> if our identity is rooted in God, our thinking can sound something like this. Well, how can I leverage what I have for God's purposes? Be it a lot or be it a little. And, and I, I just forego all that angst that I might feel on, on whether or not I'm a, a success or failure. Another example would be with our with our jobs. So if our identity is rooted in our work or our jobs, I work really hard. I strive to prove that I'm worth something. Because without that, I don't feel worthy. Our identity rooted in God, I'm deeply loved by God, whatever I do. How can I demonstrate God's love in my work? And that doesn't mean I won't work hard. I may still work just as hard, but... My motivation changes my thinking and changes my perspective. And that is a much more peaceful mindset. It is a much, um, much healthier way of thinking. The next example has to do with our appearance. Um, and I think men and women struggle with appearance. I think women struggle with it probably in a, in a different way and, and maybe a, a more frequent way. But our identity rooted in appearance, I'm always striving for beauty. So striving to be prettier, striving to be skinnier, striving to be more stylish. And that can lead to comparisons, low self-esteem, and yet, and even self-loathing. That, oh, 
an identity rooted in God is I am beautiful to God. And the Holy Spirit, God himself, lives inside of me. And I can love myself just the way I am. And I can also make changes to my appearance. But I do that out of confidence and not out of despair. It doesn't mean we have to settle for being unhealthy. But it means that we can do that out of a place of security and confidence and not out of a place of of self-hate or low self-esteem. And that's huge. That's that's huge mentally. The next uh, few examples are on parenting. I'm a parent, so I have three of these. I could could go on and on and on about this one. Um, But our identity rooted in parenting. I'm a failure when my child misbehaves because their behavior is a direct reflection on me. So what they do determines if I'm a good parent or not. It's a direct reflection on me. An identity rooted in God, in the chaos of parenting, Lord, help me speak out of the peace and patience and love that your spirit is producing in me. And, and think of the mindset change as we, as we teach our children, as we discipline our children. If we could think in terms of, of God, help me to model your peace and patience and love as I speak right now, instead of being frustrated in our, in our minds because our child is a, is a bad reflection on us. The next one on parenting. I'm a failure when I lose it with my kids. So this is kind of the opposite. You know, the first one, the kids are messing up. What if I mess up? <laughs> you know, we've all been there trying to get the kids out the door, ready to school on time, and we're yelling at that one, and that other one can't find the shoes or the coat or whatever it is. And then you finally get them on the bus, and you're like, oh, I really messed that one up. They're going to they're gonna have a bad day at school because of how I talked to them that morning. And when we feel, feel like that, we, we can often feel like a failure. Identity rooted in God, to have thinking more like this. I have the opportunity to model repentance and accepting forgiveness and grace today with my children. I can model for them what it means to say I'm sorry and what it means to try better the next day and, and teach them how to do that with God and with others because I messed up that day. The next one, the last one on parenting. And this one is becoming more and more, I, I see it more and more. It says, I'm not a good enough parent when what I do for or with my kids is not Pinterest worthy. So I actually saw a video on Facebook. You know, well, there you go right there. There's my source. So, <laughs> But I saw a video on Facebook um, of these two moms sitting in their car, and they were just, it was hilarious. They were talking about, how tired they were of being judged for not having um, heart-shaped sandwiches in the lunch boxes, and for not having little notes every day with like pictures drawn, and how they felt judged, and they were a good enough parent because they didn't have all this cutesy stuff. Um, an identity rooted in God believes that my primary job is to teach my kids how to love God and love people. And if you want to fit in the cutesy stuff, great, but do it without any guilt. Do it when you have time and do it when you have the desire. It's just interesting how 
Um, and that's just one example. There's so many examples of how um, our culture sets up these unrealistic standards for, for us. And then we, we put those standards on ourselves and like, well, I need to do this, this, and this in order to be good enough. And that's not the case. The next one um, is on our house. So if our, our identity is rooted in my house or my home, um, they used to say I need to keep up with the Joneses. I think now it's we need to keep up with Joanna Gaines. And if you don't know who that is and you don't, you don't watch um, uh, The Fixer Upper, <laughs> But she's basically amazing, and she remodels homes um, for people. But but often we can set that as the standard. If my house doesn't look like hers on the TV show, well, then I failed. And instead, an identity rooted in God would ask something like this. How can my family and I make our home a haven of peace and a place of joy for ourselves and our friends? And that kind of thinking is thinking that is rooted in God. One more example. Um, Identity rooted in people's opinions. I crave to be well-liked and admired, and I'm a failure when others think poorly of me, or even if I suspect they think poorly of me, which half the time it's probably not accurate. My identity rooted in God, I seek to please God in my interactions with people. Lord, help me to filter people's opinions through the lens of your will and your desire for my life. Our identity being rooted in God gives us a new perspective, a new way to respond to things. Um, Because like with those deep roots that hold the plant still, we can be secure, we can be anchored in God. And life will always throw things at us. And life will always question if we're good enough or not. And there'll be storms and there'll be wind. But if, we're, if we plant ourselves in God's love and allow him to deepen our roots, then we'll be able to stand firmly. And when those hard things come, it won't shake us in our core. It won't shake us and make us wonder, who, who am I really? And, and am I really cut out for this? Am I a failure or not? Because we can, we can know deeply that I'm a loved child of God, no matter what happens, no matter what, what is going on in my life. There's, um, as we close out, I want to read one more scripture. I just thought this is beautiful poetry. Um, it's in Jeremiah. It says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. May we be that tree planted by a stream of water with our roots going deeply to draw from that water. Because God has everything, everything we need. And God wants to provide that for us. Our challenge this week is to plant ourselves in God's love. Just plant yourself there. And that may look different. In, in all our lives, but find time this week to dwell there 
and he will grow our roots and he will strengthen us and give us the power to know his love, to experience his love. Let's finish with a prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to find our identity in you. God, deepen our roots that we might soak up your life-giving water. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us and dwelling in us. Help us to live as people deeply loved by God and sustained by God. Jesus, thank you for your unfathomable love for us and for others. Transform us by this love that we might love ourselves and love others the way you love us. We pray this in your name. Amen.